Holy crap. Thump. We made it. I'm Drew, here with my sister Ashley, best friend Derek, and very special guest, the person I love watching movies with the most, especially movies set in malls. Jamie, welcome. Thank you. Hello. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Good to have you. Well, um, we just got back from November 16th, 1984, the distant past. Ashley, what were we doing there? Well, each week we travel back in time to the best year ever. 1984. To watch whatever movie just hit theaters. And maybe go on a shopping spree at the mall. So, of course, while we were there, we had to pop in to the local mall. Uh, it was sort of a girls versus, not versus, but girls Whoa. split off and did their thing. Mm -hmm. Derek and I uh, did our thing. Ashley, what did uh, you and Jamie get up to? Well, we started off at the food court. What do we have, Jamie? Pounding hot dogs, left Heck and right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do a lot of shopping. We then went to the arcade, played some Pac-Man, Donkey Kong. Yep. Shotguns. Yeah, of course we shot guns. Yeah, <laughs> boom, boom, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> How appropriate. <laughs> Derek, what did we do? Uh, I We went to Orange Julius, a place that I, I kind of miss nowadays, but I don't like them, but I still wanted to go. Yeah, it's it's like ice cream plus pretzels, and um, but people wear funny hats. Or was that just Stranger Things? <laughs> I think that was just Stranger Things. They weren't wearing the hats, which they were very confused when I asked them why they weren't wearing hats um, and then referenced the show. And it was this very strange time loop. Um, and we almost blew our cover, but luckily I was already dressed to fit in perfectly at the mall. <laughs> uh, they, they eventually um, let, us, uh, let us go from security. You More on security later. Yeah, you could have altered Stranger Things from happening. Oh God, mm. that would be that would be bad. Or uh, maybe you made it happen. Good point. I take full credit. The <laughs> <laughs> Duffer Brothers uh, and Drew used to work at yeah. Orange Julius. It's a well-known fact. Right. I'm basically Steve. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> enough about that. <laughs> Even though I could obviously talk about Stranger Things all day, here's what we saw this week. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to be one of the last people on Earth? We're talking ghost town! Who would you see? There's nobody. Where would you go? The stars are up ahead! <laughs> what do you give me if I come back? Texas? Well, get ready to find out, because the comet is coming into yeah. your orbit. Night yeah. of the Comet, rated PG-13. Starts Friday, November 16th at a theater near you. Check newspapers. All right, so if you couldn't guess, we watched Night of the Comet, which a working title was actually Teenage Mutant Comet Zombies, which I kind of <laughs> like better. That's amazing. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah, totally agree. Um, but it's rated PG-13 for sexual innuendos, uh, violence, gore, and mild profanity. Yeah, mild profanity, one crucial F-bomb, and one f other alternate f-bomb that hasn't aged very well yeah. um that they didn't realize was profanity at the time um but do you remember the the well-timed use of the f-word ashley i'll do whatever the fuck i want or I'll, something like that i'm not crazy <laughs> i just don't give a fuck oh, oh that creepy mall yeah. Guy. Store yeah yeah <laughs> So that was fun. Um, if you're looking at the poster for this movie, it's this 
bifurcated shot where on the top half of the poster, you have the um, people in the town staring up at the comet um, with this red sky. And then the words night of the comet in the middle over top of like this space shot with a door opening up and the silhouette of what looks like the main character, Regina, coming through the door. Sounds like a lot going on. It's actually a really pretty artistic poster. Tagline, it was the last thing on earth they ever expected. There's a better uh, alternate tagline, Ashley. I don't know if you if you saw any of those. I didn't, but I'm sure there are a lot better ones than that. Yeah, that one's not great. I think there was the other one was they might even say this in the voiceover at the beginning of the movie, but the last time we saw something like this, it was the end of the dinosaurs. Mm, okay. So that's a All little right. better. Um, <laughs> why don't you sum the movie up for us in 15 seconds, Ashley? Oh, it's a lot to okay. Derek, you ready? Yep. All right, go. Um, a comet hits Earth and turns most people into dust. Others turn into zombies, and some teenagers and kids survive. Scientists accidentally expose themselves to the comet's powers and want to use the remaining humans to find a cure. Boom. Nailed it. I have some questions, but we'll get into those soon enough. Oh. Oof. Still at the arcade, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I forgot to point out, this is maybe like the third movie ever that's been released uh, with the PG-13 uh, label. I know we were obsessed about that mm-hmm. for a while before Red Dawn. Um, so this was one of the, this might only be the, the second one to come out after Red Dawn. So interesting note there. Let's talk about our backstory with the movie. Um, Ashley, what did you know about this movie going in? Well, I thought it was romantic comedy, so nothing. <laughs> mm, that's the Justin Long movie. Well, I mean, Night of, Night of the Comet sounds romantic. The zombie, the other title makes more sense. I was like, okay. but So going into it, I knew nothing. I knew you really liked this movie, but that's about it. Um, but I like going to the mall, so I was like, why not? <laughs> right. You're, you're at least in on the... I mean, it's not a movie that only takes place at the mall, but an extended portion of it does, and it's one of the more memorable sequences that will we'll go into in detail. For me, um, this is not like a movie I saw on cable a long time ago, or certainly, you know, when when I was younger. Um, It's a movie I've seen since moving to Portland. um, But I've probably watched it like four or five times in the last couple years. I've watched it maybe the first time by myself. And then I think I watched it uh, with our friend Andy, and then Derek. And then it's just been really fun to watch it with new people. And um, Jamie and I, uh, early on in our relationship, were watching nothing but mall movies, it seemed like. Um, I think this was maybe a compromise on uh, after the first movie we watched together, Paul Blart, more more to come. Um, I think we watched this and we watched Shopping Mall really early on. So um, I know I, I saw your thunder there, but what was your backstory with this movie? Uh, similar as to the end part of your story, yeah. which is <laughs> uh, the first time I watched it was here with you, and I don't like scary movies at all, so that was the compromise. This was like a soft, scary movie that we could potentially both enjoy, and it turns out that we did. Slash I did. I loved it. Yeah, and you like movies that feature strong female characters. Oh, yeah. Why not? And, <laughs> and malls where people get murked. Like, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, they're not like, they're... Uh, well, we'll talk about the characters in, in a minute. Um, Derek, 
How did you get introduced to this movie? Well, uh, the exact same way as Jamie. And <laughs> I also love powerful <laughs> women in, in films and watching people get murked in malls. So oh, we have movie. Andy here as well. Andy, how, how did you get introduced <laughs> to this movie? Um, yeah, well, let's let's talk about this uh, female-centric band of, of characters. So um, let's play our quick little round of Choose Your Character. All right, this we're actually, um, and the rest of us walk back into the arcade and go up to the night of the Comet console and scan through the available playable characters and pick which one, not necessarily that we see ourselves in the most, but just that we think it would be the funnest to embody for the rest of this podcast. Um, okay. <laughs> Ashley, um, I have selected a short list of, let's see, five characters. Mm -hmm. um, we've got the two sisters, Regina and Sam. We have Hector, the kind of the, the male lead in the movie, a truck driver who sort of um, tags along with them. And then we have a mysterious three initial player on the arcade game. And I threw in um, the only one of the scientists, uh, her name tag said White. I think it's Audrey White was her character name. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, which character were you drawn to in this movie? Well, I was gonna originally pick Sam because she's like a spunky younger sister, but mm -hmm. I liked um, the mysterious arcade player. <laughs> He was, only in the movie, he was only in the movie for about 45 seconds, maybe a minute. Um, yep. But he had like two, like two or three lines and I just thought he was really funny and he was attractive and he just like swoops up Sam and takes her away into the sunset. Sweet car. And he has a sweet car. There's a line where he picks her up. She's like, great car. He's like, thanks. I have 23 of them. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> would you like to go for a ride? Yeah. I would like to go for a ride. And then, yeah. And then they take off. Um, but I like him and he's also. Um, the arcade player that beats Regina's score. Well, she doesn't even get number one. He gets like number six and then she replaces it, which that's yeah, well, that's not going to do. No one yeah. number six. Um, <laughs> right. Since Jamie's a guest, I will give her next pick, um, <laughs> even though I'm not going to be happy. Um, <laughs> well, it depends. Um, yeah. You know, I'm about to. I don't actually know. I don't know who you're going to pick. I actually had an idea. I didn't realize there was going to be a list, and my choice was going to be the comet that destroys the world mm. because I think oh. that's kind move. of fun. Yeah. Wow. All it, right. does kill, it doesn't kill any go of the likable characters. Yeah, exactly. I kill off all of the terrible ones and, you know, everyone else too. Uh, but if I'm going off the list, then yes, I'm going to take Sam. Sam was the dopest character. She was so cool and like a little bit mean and mm -hmm. uh, just really, really embodied the don't give a what spirit that yeah. I quite enjoy. <laughs> Best outfits. Oh yeah. Oh. She nailed them. Every single one. She looked divine. That yeah. blue sweater with the red stars going around it. Her pep squad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The cheer, <laughs> outfit. cheering outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's a little bit of fan service, which is a trope, um, where they have her dressed and I mean, it's not like this movie is, is a product of its time, but it, it, it toes the line, I think, um, in a, in a balanced way between kind of like, uh, exploiting the female characters and, um, letting them have like agency and, and power at the same time. Um, but there is a scene where she like undresses in the bathroom for no reason, but it's a dream. Mm -hmm. So. Um, for me, well, that's fine. I'll take Regina, the <laughs> the wise older sister, um, who is the best arcade game player in the 
in this galaxy or this universe and the last starfighter universe so mm-hmm. we talked about this when we watched the last starfighter but it seems like a pretty crazy crazy coincidence <laughs> to me crazy she played the girlfriend of the main character i think his name was alex in last starfighter which was all about like how good he was at this video game so good that he gets recruited by aliens to fight uh, their enemies in outer space. And now this like seems like a perfect spinoff to where all this time she was actually the, the better video game player. And now she gets her own movie. And um, the game that she's really good at is called Tempest, which was a real Atari arcade game. So in addition to that, um, she's got the best hair. I mean, it's not like Sam's hair. I don't know. Slouch. Sam's is pretty good. Yeah. Well, somebody calls out uh, Regina's hair, at least in the movie, saying that they, you know, they want to steal her blood just because it might give them some of the body of her hair um, and prevent them from turning into a zombie. So, okay, maybe it's arguable. Um, fine, I've said, I've, I've, I've said my piece, <laughs> Derek. Um, <laughs> yours is obvious. Yeah, you know, he likes country. He drives a, you know, diesel truck. truck. Yeah. Just like uh, Hector, <laughs> he wears the cowboy hat at one point. Yep, he comes the back guy. to save he the girls. He lives in San Diego, yet he's country. But hey, I'm you know from a city, and I'm country. I don't drive a semi truck though. That's the only difference. Not yet. <laughs> so he's also like, I mean, I think this is a quote from the movie. He's also a pretty decent guy. like he's not um regina starts the movie my character by uh sleeping with this dude at uh, the projection booth at the local movie theater her she says they're not going steady but they're in a they're in like a power to her yeah 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 Yeah, i think it's just a casual hookup there we go perfect yeah um but he's a dick yeah he's not great yeah Yeah, so when she meets when she meets hector hector is at least like you know a nice we don't we don't have any reason to think he's a he's a bad guy except when he's just like doing crunches sleeping with that lady in his truck for like half of the first five minutes that we meet him he's full disclosure yeah <laughs> she's she's kind of you know drilling him about it hmm. uh, i like the crunches it was very funny yeah the crunches were a normal thing to do at a radio station yeah, during definitely. the apocalypse so yeah why not get fit um, for the zombies yeah. well let's let's uh we've got our characters set let's move on to our highs and lows from the movie first i think um this was definitely part of the high uh of the valley girl meets action girl movement um <laughs> no, double true so loud <laughs> good job ashley um, <laughs> <laughs> this Josh Whedon uh, Joss. cited it's Joss. Joss. It's yeah. Still Joss. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here to, to correct that at every turn. We'll <laughs> say it right, and then yeah. I won't have to. Josh Whedon. I think it's a speech impediment. It's not. It's not nice to. It's make not my because you can do double to, I, If I was trying to say like a cool dude, I would call him a uh, hosh. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I give that nothing. <laughs> um, Joss uh, cites this as a strong influence for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And um, I think here's a fun clip of how to talk like a valley girl. No. It was like really embarrassing. Get your chin way out there and pronounce everything so that it sounds as if you've got marbles in your mouth, okay? (laughs) 
it's grody to the max. That means it's. So that won't be the last you hear of one of us doing their best Valley Girl, I'm that sure. Pretty much what Marlon Brando did in The Godfather, right? Yeah. That exact same advice. He was like a, a Valley boy. Yeah. Um, now Francis Ford Coppola is like wine, a wine Valley boy. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was fun. It, I hadn't really, we watched Valley Girl, the Nick Cage movie recently. That came out a year before this. I hadn't thought of this as a, like a Valley Girl, an early prototype for the Valley Girl. Um, but it makes sense in hindsight. And the way they, the way Regina, uh, another uh, star for my character, like she's a badass right off the bat when mm. she's fighting that that first zombie outside the theater. Mm -hmm. So she's like, she warns him yeah. uh, politely to back to off. Myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she uh, does like a an open handed punch to his his nose. So she basically did. Sinuses, instep, nose, groin from um, Miss Congeniality. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole defense thing that they do. Miss Congeniality is, it's not the Valley Girl trope, but it's a trope of like a. Uh, solar person. plexus. It's solar plexus. Mm. That's so embarrassing. That I is. I mean, no, it's solar not. No, it's is not. a perfect tie in. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> Someone, being a comet, you should, you <laughs> okay. should know. Ruin um, Ashley. What is something you want to highlight about this movie? Sure. I loved all their outfits so much. I want all the war I want the wardrobes like Sam had. Like the cheerleading outfit. And then Regina's like kind of weird colored chef. It looks like a chef shirt, but she tucks it in. I don't know how to explain that. It's kind of asymmetrical side buttoning shirts. Yeah. I'm sure there's a word for it, but she wears two different color colors of it. And the yeah, buttons are like off to the side. Mm -hmm. So I really like the outfits a lot. Um, the actual, the production designer used what he describes as a comic book sensibility for the film's overall look. Mm. So characters were given specific colors with the bad guys in like blues and grays and the sisters in like brighter colors. Regina had like the deeper ones and then Sam had like the fun ones <laughs> Yeah, to reflect like intellectual versus like a little more ditzy, which I thought was pretty cool. Well, I guess we can, I mean, the Buffy parallel is pretty obvious when they have Sam in a, in a cheerleader outfit. Mm -hmm. for like half the movie so that's very comic booky like they do a little cursory explanation that she was gonna she got dressed for uh prep practice prep squad prep squad practice prep practice and uh so she still had it on or just never took it off because that's when all she found out that <laughs> everyone had gone up in dust i mean the the design of the movie because of they they really leaned into the premise this is probably also related to the comic book thing the whole movie is drenched in this like red um glow coming from the sky i mean it's not how the sky would look if it had red dust in it but it makes sense at least in the context of the movie that the comet um the red dust that came down from the comet is just lingering in the air so everything is like uh, heavy with these these reds and somehow they've even find themselves inside and uh, the lighting of the movie is very 80s very similar to my apartment um, <laughs> yeah I was just thinking very, that. Yeah, very cool um, and then also uh, I wanted you to we also get all these shots of like people around empty on the empty streets of LA which is just startling it's like these wide open highways that are normally jammed with cars 
that are just like empty. It's a pretty hard thing to pull off on this budget. But Ashley knows how they did it. Do I? No. <laughs> <laughs> so they only had a budget of around about 700,000, which Ooh. is nothing. Um, so they hired two location cops. <laughs> which aren't even like real cops, um, to lock down <laughs> several downtown streets for outdoor scenes. So that required like the desolate urban landscape. So they just had them kind of controlling traffic a little bit. And they also had certain scenes where they would just wait for all like the, all the cars to be stopped and they'd like film really quickly and then they'd go back. Like so, gorilla filming. Yeah. yeah so wonderful. really quick. Cause they didn't have a budget for all of that. So. Yeah. They, and some of the stuff they didn't even shoot at like, off hours right underneath those like wide shots you see there's there's full on traffic just below mm-hmm. they were they would just shut down the the street just you know uh using these like i don't know if they had any authority or permits they just you know did, they did whatever it. they could to dress up like cops and, and stop traffic um super legal i bet yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the 80s yeah. i was reading an article um on curbed which is like this uh uh architectural blog that was written post pandemic and they were talking about this movie how it go traveling around LA early on in the pandemic when everyone was off the roads and stuff reminded them mm-hmm. <laughs> of this movie and how eerie it felt like in 2020 LA um, was similar to the vibe they capture here except just in addition to that then they have the beautiful like red sky behind everything mm-hmm. in, in this movie so that was cool. I guess we can, I guess we can get into the plot, Ashley. Um, you described it really well in 15 seconds, Thank but you. I just want to confirm that everything makes sense. So <laughs> <laughs> all the, most of the people on earth are outside uh, looking for, uh, you know, the best view of the comet. They're having like outdoor parties, um, Sam and Regina's family have a par- are having a party, so they're all they're all outside. Um, Sam is in the steel projection booth, um, which is, is is convenient, and Regina is in like a lawn. Sh- I mean, Sam is in a lawn shed. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's steel too. Um, but anyway, everyone that gets exposed directly to the comet dust just vaporizes. Yeah, immediately. But people that get exposed to just a little bit of it turn slowly in. Zombies is a little bit of a misnomer from what I from what I read because they're just slowly degrading. And um, we learn from the scientists that one of the ways to potentially uh, slow down the process is through the blood of others. So they're attacking, if they even have the brain capacity, uh, they're attacking people that haven't changed into zombies because if they drink their blood, that would actually slow down there. Drink it? Yeah, well, I don't know if they have like blood transfusion equipment. Well, they do because they're taking it out of the humans. The zo- well, I mean, I'm talking about this. The, re- the thing I read was saying that the, the reason the zombie-like figures are attacking people is because they want their blood uh, for a, a cure. So they're like zombie vampires. Yeah, I mean, that might be a stretch to say they even know that, that would help them. They're just drawn to. Yeah. They just crave it. Yeah. yeah. Much like a zombie or a vampire. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, zo- <laughs> right. Zombies are mindless, so they're just... But like, they're attracted to brains. Yeah. That pull is there. Sure. Mm. 
Um, but what's the plan underground, Ashley? Okay, so this is where I was like, huh, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, so there's scientists underground, they know this comet's happening, and they're like, I have actually, so I'm going to talk about part of it, and then I need you to finish it, because I don't really get it. Okay, so I, I did. Okay, cool. Okay. I've only seen it once, whatever. Um, so <laughs> the scientists are working on comet, they know the comet's coming, but they leave the ventilation ducts open. And so the comet dust gets into their whole underground tunnel or underground thing and they all yep. get infected. But I'm not sure what they're doing. I don't really understand them. Well, what, what confused me is because of the other movies we've watched, um, like Chud and, and uh, mm -hmm. Jamie and I watched The Blob, where there's always this like government conspiracy going on. So you're, you're sort of expecting it to be like the government was somehow involved and they, but all that seems to have happened here is just that there was a group of scientists that knew the comet was deadly and they didn't warn anybody. They just made plans to save themselves. Yeah. And then they fucked so up those plans. And <laughs> that's like so idiot scientists. Them. They had one yeah. job and right. then they just died. Like that's what the lady scientist says. She's yeah. like, so scientific, right? Yeah. Or something. <laughs> embarrassing. Embarrassing. But they weren't their plan was not to start going around and kidnapping people and, and taking their blood. That was their response to having screwed up. Clearly they didn't have the ethical um, uh, or moral issues with doing whatever it took. The, the, or sorry no. no i'm just if they were working for the government and they were underground doing research for what was happening mm -hmm. perhaps there's a part of the movie we didn't get to see which is that there are a bunch of government officials in metal bunkers across the country also waiting it out and then that's the sequel I think if they oh. had more than the $700,000 budget, then maybe that could have been like there we the go. shot yeah. at the end with all the bunkers. Like, oh, here's an extra hundred <laughs> oh, yeah, grand. See? <laughs> actually, no, I actually think the movie does sort of um, indicate that because there's this top-down uh, point, uh, point of view that they keep showing when mm -hmm. they're, they're showing the scientists in the bunkers with like a, a ceilingless uh, setup, like they're in a, a mouse uh, maze or something. And there's somebody looking down on them from above inside the bunker. So yeah. that made me yeah. like suspicious right from the start because I think they show that that shot pretty early on. Um, it's definitely not explained in the movie, but I wouldn't be surprised yet if the scientists were sort of at the mercy of some more powerful and agency. it was an experiment to even leave the ventilation shaft open. Oh. They were a part of it. I mean, Ooh. that's, that's exactly yeah. what I th where I thought the movie was going. It's a little, it gets a little convoluted with all the, the plot and it starts with a lot of voiceover explaining. I think even at the beginning, it explains that it might be deadly, mm -hmm. but um, there's just a lot of plot to sort through the first time, the first time around or the fourth time around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about them all. So once, once the girls realize that everybody on earth is wiped out, they go through a period of grief they go through a period of denial. Um, your character does, at least. Uh, oh, my! One of my favorite small moments of the movie uh -huh. is when Reggie like is screaming at Sam to see what's happening around them, and she pulls Sam out side of the house to see that everyone is dead, and there's just dust and piles of clothes and bones. Yeah. And Sam just backs away and slowly shuts the door. Yeah. On her. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> It goes about making her cereal. Yeah. Um, but clearly is just, yeah, that was, that is a, that was like a 
beautiful, subtle part of the movie. It's I agree. So funny. And then they um, go through anger. Yeah. Well, and then they go they go through anger, shooting up a car, and then they go shopping. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> the stores are open. Those are the natural streets. Yeah. Which do you like better, this or this? Um, the second one. Yeah, definitely. How come? Because it'll stay in style longer. Come on. I guess you're right, actually. Yeah, we got to think of these things, you Is know? Is the camera watching them? Creep show time. Yeah, so the first half of the mall sequence is them uh, shopping, like running up and down the stairs, trying on clothes. Um, I also know that we can't actually see it right now, but mm-hmm. I would like to say that Reggie chooses incorrectly because it's a choice between a weird skinny furry oh. scarf. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. Jacket. Thank you. Okay, the yeah. jacket is so much cooler and better. And then she chooses this weird like white fur boa. It's very odd and... I guess we just can't really trust her completely. Oh, shots. Mm. (laughs) Um, What does Sam end up wearing, actually, at this point? I can't remember. Um, It's like an avant-garde, like... Black dress or something? Is she wearing a black dress? Something. Reggie definitely wears a black dress, and then she changes into weird... Not weird, normal clothes. Well, she's wearing... I thought she was wearing, like, an evening gown um, at Mm. at the end. So might both be. Their their mall shopping fun is cut short when a, a voice appears over the intercom, and of course, any other they've they've only run into one survivor so far. Sorry, we haven't mentioned your character much, Derek. Get used to it. Um, it's all right. I'm just chilling on the back country. You're right. on your way down to San Diego to to like fight a see, little see your dead kid. family. So yeah, make sure that my mom and my sister and everybody's okay. One okay, they're, one nitpick. They're so, not. <laughs> Regina, <laughs> Regina is like, yeah, yeah, they're not. Well, we never actually saw. Um, Regina is, uh, she knows that they, that her and Sam survived, you know, pretty randomly, but it's not impossible. Um, so when Hector is talking about having to go back to check on his family, she's like, you know, they're dead, right? I mean, n- no, not, I mean, like, they could have been in a, in a metal lawn shed as well. It's pretty unlikely. It is, but it's just like obviously he would want to go down there and and check. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's not crazy. Uh, He was just what in his truck. Is that how he survived? Yeah, he was in the bed of his with that with that girl that died. The girl he talks about. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So back to the mall. Once they're done trying on on clothes, they hear this uh, disturbing voice. Attention shoppers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a nerd, a full on nerd. I hope you have your credit cards ready. Oh, right. Uh. Gross. Yeah. So there's some people, um, some perverts hold up in the mall who he, um, we have this like geek king reigning over his, his uh, three or four uh, accomplices and he like six them on, on the girls. And so they go down, guns a-blazing. Uh, Reggie manages to find one of the Uzis, but they've already grabbed the other one or something. I think so. mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then there's a sort of ridiculous shootout. Ashley, you want to describe it? <laughs> I mean, do I have to describe much? It's really just them shooting at the girls and not hitting them at all. And then, <laughs> yeah. um, and then Sam's hiding behind a couch at one point, and they're like lighting up the couch, like, 
hundreds of bullets and like nothing hurts her at all. And then she throws shoes at them and then ducks mm-hmm. again. And then she's distracting them with shoes. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically like a gun, just as scary. So, exactly. yeah. um, so she's got very pointy heels. Mm-hmm. So it could. True. That's true. Theoretically, Uh, first. Yeah. And then uh, Regina, at one point, there's these two like model mannequins and they're like trying to find her. And they like scan over and they're like, oh, like, where is she with the gun? And they look look back and they start shooting at them. And she was was pretending to be a model beside the mannequin beside Mm -hmm. them in the middle. I was like, all right. I mean, I kind of, I liked it, but I was just like, okay. (laughs) They they telegraphed that hard because they kept showing these like um, three fourths. Uh, frame shots of mannequins like yeah. and then finally she pops up in between two of the mannequins and, mm-hmm. and tricks them somehow it's like a weird trope that happens a lot in movies I feel like they're like wait yeah. for it here it is yeah mannequin work <laughs> I'm sorry no it is there's a it's called like this uh, we are not we are statues trope or something oh that's, that's actually all. something oh, okay yeah but it's not specifically to the 80s no, um, it's so it's just a movie, just yeah. a movie thing. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, I understand. Oh no, it's <laughs> all tropes are welcome. Um, but they capture. Unfortunately, nobody's really getting shot, or, or this isn't a very violent movie. I mean, they do. Um, Sam knees some... him in the groin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she pretends Sam... to do something and then just knees him. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they put up. They put up a good fight, but eventually, um, the the leader who's wearing his like. Um, form-fitting smoking jacket uh willie oh yeah because it's embroidered <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know mm-hmm. if that's his real name but he's wearing a willie jacket um is holding sam hostage while simultaneously regina is holding um one of his henchmen hostage and rather than shoot regina he to prove how evil he is he shoots his own <laughs> his own henchman and that's how they kind of capture Regina because now she no longer has any uh, leverage. Maybe they didn't, they probably didn't want to shoot them because they're creeps and there's yeah. no other women in the world. So, yeah. There's some very dark implications as to oh, yeah. what could have happened. Yeah. But fortunately, she says something like, you know, we have friends arriving. And <laughs> unbeknownst to her, a helicopter of scientists does arrive at the mall just in the nick of time to basically mow them down right mow the bad guys oh, down. yeah they just destroy yeah. them yeah that's all that's always what scientists do. right well they the were... scientists found the girls because they're like oh there's some teenagers left on earth where could they be and they're like oh the mall yeah <laughs> so which is good deduction yeah they're okay. right <laughs> okay after that um things kind of go haywire so they take Regina back to the the lab and we don't have to go through every every detail, but Ashley, what were your thoughts just kind of on the last third or 20 minutes or so of this movie? Did it spiral out of control or were you with it? I was with it, but I could have done without it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah. I didn't think it was really ne- like for me, I kind of wanted to see them like survive the apocalypse without having to be like, taken in by scientists and then have this whole other plot line. And then like it actually, then they're escaping from the, it just seemed to go on forever for me. So. Yeah. They were like experimenting on kids at the, yeah. at the lab. They, they told the kids that if they um, uh, put these gas masks on, they would get to see Santa. 
forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get uh-huh. to live with Santa forever. Like, yeah, it's pretty as messed a kid, up. You are very dumb to believe that that is true. Well, I mean, you throw it out there. Those yeah. kids are dummies. That was basically, re- uh, that's a quote from, from my character. You're sounding more and more like Regina, mm-hmm. where she's like, the kid won't put her hands down after she saved her. And she's like, so stupid under her breath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite parts. Um, <laughs> But luckily, thanks to Regina's um, quick moves inside the facility and Hector's masterful plan, Mm -hmm. here's Derek's big moment in the sun. He arrives with Sam in the trunk of his car and has the cop, like, uses Sam's, like, uh, unconscious body to kind of lure the cop to the trunk. Because she's ripe for, like, the blood. Well, he's like, you like lemon? (laughs) you like women i have one yeah he's like no she's dead he's like oh no she's just she's just uh sleeping so and then boom hey guess what she's not sleeping yep. and now and you're dead it's, yeah it's sam not heck <laughs> that smashes him in the trunk right she like mm-hmm. falls down the trunk mm-hmm. yeah so um so they get away they save the kids um they adopt the kids we have this post um climactic scene where they're back sort of at a a prominent intersection in town in los angeles and they're doing um this isn't the finest moment for my character um who's about to marry derek's character Um, (laughs) as is will happen in real life we all know it um i don't know how to describe what regina has uh put on at this point outfit wise it's just like a a formal a really tacky like formal suit so like a dynasty style wedding dress yeah yeah right? yeah it looks like a a tan tuxedo with like shoulder pads maybe probably um, probably yeah um and then they're they're two adopted kids so they're taking christmas photos we haven't mentioned this whole time that this is a low-key or medium-key christmas movie that was a fun touch yeah the comet hits on the 14th Oh, do they actually say timeline. that? Um, I was doing some research. So okay. Based on their research, it hits on the 14th. So right around yeah, Christmas. It, yeah. Okay. Well, there's Christmas um, decor and references littered throughout. And yet every time I watch this movie, I'm pleasantly surprised when I see the first, <laughs> I see the first one. <laughs> Hector comes busting in dressed as Santa at yep. one point. Oh yeah. Running yeah. around mm-hmm. the deserted like city. Is pretty cute. Dressed. Yeah. Yeah. Santa Derek. Into it. <laughs> Santa Daddy Derek. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. Um, so we get the family, we get the resolution for Regina and Hector and their two uh, adopted kids. And then Ashley, um, well, no, and then Jamie, we get your character's resolution. I'm, I'm and Ashley's character's yeah. resolution. We end up together. Yeah. <laughs> All is right with the world. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, there's this whole, this whole um, joke about not crossing the road. Uh, even though the streets are completely empty when the cross... What did they say? The way they phrase it is something I haven't heard. We must... I don't... I don't remember. remember. Yeah, we are don't... the only people left to... Some, I, I, I don't Gotta know. keep the tenets of society alive or something along yeah. those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's that where they're the... the um... We're the only fruitful people in this world we're the future of humanity so we have to be careful something like that the burden of civilization oh, falls yeah. falls oh, there, we go. Yeah, there, there we go but the way she says not to cross the crosswalk is also um a fun like alternate phrase anyway 
Sam brazenly flaunts the rules of their newfound civilization, crosses the highway or crosses the the, the road, and then Ashley's character DMK comes squealing around the corner in in one of your uh, in your Mercedes convertible, oh, yeah. um, and picks her up, and they go off Swoops happily ever after into the sunset. Yep, let's go, Jamie slash Sam. I'm ready. <laughs> Get us out of here. <laughs> One thing that um, a lot of articles and just supplemental things I was reading about this movie pointed out is that everything seems really optimistic in the aftermath of the apocalypse. All the function, all this, you know, the power is still on. There's seeming seemingly functional like utilities, but the that's because this is like this takes place just days after it's happened. I mean, things are going to get a lot more dark um, in the sequel to this. If ever there, if ever there was one, they're not going to be able to live so happily ever after once like everything comes crumbling down, depending on how many people are still around to um, this could easily turn into a post-apocalyptic movie where they're fighting other survivors for resources. But as it stands, we get to end on a very upbeat note, arguably a cheesily upbeat note. But it's fine. I liked it. I liked the ending. Yeah. Yeah. It was After all, like the scientist stuff. I was just like, eh, whatever. And then it ended, I was like, ooh, cool. Like it kind of went back up for me. And then under the credits, one last note the family, uh, Regina and Hector, and our two beautiful kids. Um, Play football on the street. Oh, Hector's right. throwing, <laughs> throwing the football. Like the football was presumably there as a prop for their Christmas photo, but then they ignore the completely disregarding yeah. the stoplight as they yeah. were yelling at Sam about to begin with. <laughs> they take up all four lanes yeah. for their for their impromptu football game. So, yeah. All right. Well, you ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> Let's now, hear. let's take a quick break from our discussion of Night of the Comet while we tune our dials to NR84 for New Release Radio. This is your radio voice? Yes. Got it. it changes. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we give you a taste of what was happening this week back in 1984. That's my cue. Yep. The song you just heard was Strut by Sheena Easton, up three spots to number eight on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of November 17th, 1984. Ashley, what's happening in news and pop culture this week? I'm going to try my valley, girl. We'll see how it goes. So, like, David Levy, king of the comets, discovers his first comet. He waited over 20 years to see his first and has seen over 22 now. <laughs> what a cool coincidence. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that happened this same week, huh? Yeah. That the movie came out. Promotional mm -hmm. uh, gimmick? It. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe David didn't actually see any comments and he was... Maybe yeah. he watched the movie and was like, oh, saw Ooh, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to be a part of this story. I know it's going to be huge. <laughs> what about that box office report? Thanks for asking. So, this weekend, we have a new number one movie and it's not Night of the Comet. It is... 
Missing in Action with 6.1 million, a new Chuck Norris Vietnam War movie. A Chuck Norris movie? A Chuck Norris <laughs> movie, if you will. Number two, oh God, you devil, at 4 million, down 27%. This was, if you remember, the third in the Oh God trilogy. And then number three, Night of the Comet. million. Get it. Yeah, not bad. One of our higher new releases um, in a few weeks. Especially considering, as Ashley said, the budget is only Mm $700,000. Like, that's pretty impressive. It's already, like, quadrupled its budget in one weekend. Good job, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good job, team. And then um, a little further down the charts, at number seven, we have A Nightmare on Elm Street. $1.6 million. Up 28% from last week, if you recall it's not in that many theaters. So for some reason, like, well, I guess Night of the Nightmare on Elm Street is an R-rated movie with a, a smaller potential audience and Night of the Comet was, uh, I wouldn't say a mainstream release, not a Chuck Norris release by any means, <laughs> but had a little wider of a release than Nightmare. But it's great to see two night movies cracking the top seven. Now for everyone's favorite segment on new release radio, Rank. The blank. Pew, pew, pew. William This is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week, it's going to be most fun you can have at the mall, unless you're Derek, in a movie. <laughs> Ashley, what are some things that movie characters like to do in malls. Sure. Um, one of them would be breaking up with their lame-o boyfriend. It's like I'm totally not in love with you anymore, Tommy. I mean, it's so boring. Here. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, that was Valley Girl, which that scene is basically ripped off or homage directly in Stranger Things 3. Um, you might want to get attacked by killer robots in shopping mall. Sure. Why not? Um, what about weathering the apocalypse and dawn of the dead? Of course. Classic mall movie. You could discuss your destiny with Luke Perry and the vampire slayer, the OG movie. Or you could just people watch. Being at old orchard mall kind of reminded me of being home in Africa by the watering hole. And the animals are in heat. Oh my god, there's Jason. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, there's Jason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's what breaks like Katie out of her her fantasy is back to girl talk. I also um, like that so far all of these mall people have super mall names like Tommy, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Or, duh, the most obvious mall activity of all, go shopping and perhaps get a makeover in Pretty Woman, Clueless. And one that I had forgotten about, but I rewatched the clips from uh, is uh, Crazy Stupid Love, where Ryan Gosling is making Mm -hmm. over Steve Carell's character and repeatedly slapping him in the face. Gender reversal. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. There's a minor gender reversal moment like that and super bad too where jonah hill is tight trying on very tight jeans i almost picked that one yeah <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> but now for our choices so 
we like to start with a choice from the movie itself, obviously, because it inspired the um, topic. Or scratch that. We can start with the Instagram poll results. I wanted to do those at the. All right. Oh, that's why you're highlighting them. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was, didn't confu- I was confused too. Let's yeah. let's go ahead and do that towards the end then. Thanks. Yeah, we'll save the Instagram feedback for the end because we got a ton of great submissions. Oh my so, god. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Obviously, the night of the comet one is the mall scene. So we've already talked a little bit about both parts of it, but. Here's a little clip from the second half of that scene. Attention shoppers. I trust you've got credit cards to pay for all that stuff. And that has a fun musical track as well. I, we'll, we'll get into this when we start ranking, but I think this scene has a little bit of an advantage because you get a makeover and a, a shootout all mm-hmm. in one. Um, Ashley, what's your choice? So my choice is just friends hanging out at the mall, which I used to do all the time with Katie and a couple others. Um, and it's from Mall Rats. Hmm. And look at this shit, the mad fat chick killer. Yep, that's my pick. <laughs> yeah, so hanging out at the mall, um, shopping, shootouts, Jamie. What is your mall activity that a movie character does? Oh, it's the best one. Like everyone just <laughs> sit down. Uh, it's uh, from Paul Blart. You're oh. just jamming to Guitar Hero as you're nailing this like riff so hard on Guitar Hero that you don't even notice that the mall behind you is about to be robbed. Great, great at your job. There's some crazy ass people trying to take over the mall. I'm out of here everybody on the floor. So I wanted Jamie to go pee because I didn't want any snarky feedback when I revealed the true mall cop hero, Seth Rogen, (laughs) protecting the mall from a dangerous pervert flasher who's targeted Anna Faris in Observe and Report. The world has no use for another scared man right now. The role model. The world needs Slap a hero. So this is the dark version of Paul Bart, which Seth Rogen has said, not so subtly, that they ripped him off with Paul Bart um, because the script had been circulating. I don't know the true story, <laughs> but I know which one I prefer. Derek, what's your clip? Or what's your choice? <laughs> My clip is from, coincidentally, a Chuck Norris film uh, called Invasion USA that comes out a year later. Mm. So we're just going to listen to um, this action scene where they just rip apart a mall. (laughs) Fun. I mean, there's there's guns, there's a car chase that happens here in a second. really good time. So, right. up in just there. to be clear, in your in your fantasy scenario, you're shooting up the mall, or you're in the mall. Uh, I'm I'm <laughs> that clip didn't 
That clip didn't there show. No there. <laughs> There's a car chase scene through the mall, and I want to be in one of the cars. Oh, nice. Okay, There's Chuck also Norris. that in uh, Observe and Report when he went. He takes like the uh, the raffle car. <laughs> oh, I've got that. Out. I've got that sound sound bite. You ready? Sure. Okay. Cool. Oh. <laughs> There'll be some. Oh, some that was a joke. It's all good. Yes, that um, was a joke. Oh, I was waiting for it too. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> classic. Um, all right, Ashley. As as we do, um, we'll start with comment. Well, man, maybe we shouldn't start with nine of the comment this time. I don't think we should because okay. I feel like there's multiple parts of all of ours let's, in that. Let's just get this over with. We got the two mall cops. <laughs> they cancel each other out. <laughs> Well, they can't cancel each other out. One has to. One has to do them out, and obviously, yeah. I'm going to win because I'm much stronger than Drew. Okay, but we're we're talking about uh, the adventures that Seth Rogen has, um, doing a bunch of drugs, getting high, uh, hitting kids with skateboards, riding Jesus. around um, on uh, not a Segway but a four wheel supercharged golf cart, which is way better of, of a vehicle. Um, okay, so ability and slapping or punching Aziz. I'm sorry, in the face. So that sounds pretty fun. Yeah. So Jamie, defend yours. Yeah. What? I've never What's seen that? Paul Blart, so defend yours. Oh, it's terrible. So, um, <laughs> you have all that sure, sure, sure. But Paul Wait, he does Blart, a backflip, doesn't he? The yeah, the band of bad guys in Paul Blart are all extreme sports dudes. Mm. So one is like on a skateboard, and one is on a two wheel a bike yeah. <laughs> two wheel, um, two and wheel he, bike like, rides his bike over a big ball pit somehow from the first floor to the second floor and there is probably i really do think there's like a guy on a razor scooter maybe mm. are they teenagers ball pits are fun i'll give you that what about uh, paul blart riding the segway like doesn't yeah. he do some crazy he nails it he's so segway? good at tricks on the segway yeah He's like a mat. It's like they're the same being, you know, yeah. an extension of his own body. I mean, so we're in agreement that Derek's is last. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got um, Invasion USA at number five, or we have shooting up a mall slash being shot up in a mall at number five. Um, don't, we don't. Uh, Let's just yeah. move past that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll, my movie is also problematic. Um, so we'll just say that. Blowing a, um, shooting a flasher um, in his private parts and having blood ooze out all over the floor of the cosmetics department. That's your good time. Isn't the funnest thing you okay. can do in a mall? It's a close second to yours, I would say. Uh, yeah, defeating a gang of sports yeah. extreme athletes is pretty high up there. Yours. Using your sick Vespa moves. Yours has Vespa. a sick way. Yours has a more joyous two-wheeler, yeah. two-wheel yeah. bike. Okay, so Exa- yeah. <laughs> so Ashley, is your movie ahead of the two yeah. mall cop movies? Really? Yeah, there's like a dating game show. They just hang out. It's not. I just yeah. I think Mallrats definitely is ahead of yours. Sorry. Okay, because you don't have to be on the job. No, we're just like hanging out, having yeah. a good time. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. fair. That's very mall-like. All right, observe report for Paul Blart three, and now so that <laughs> means night of the comment versus mall rat so they have the comment and, has a little oh, go ahead. little fun a little danger yeah but mine's just all fun and instagram uh, most people picked mall rats as theirs so. really what were some of the other 
options. Um, so <laughs> it is well, uh, Mean Girls, Clueless, okay, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Can't Buy Me Love, which I completely forgot about. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, but Mallrats had the most entries. So Fast Times um, mm-hmm. starts with a awesome mall montage during the opening credits. Uh, that one's fun. But okay, so wow, Mallrats number one. I win. Got mall in the name. Um, yeah. I guess Paul Blart does too, but that's sort of the subtitle. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be fun to be a mall cop based on those two movies. No. no. Based on ever having been in a mall and interacting with mall cops. Yeah. Mall cop is yeah. Not, the most, <laughs> not the most beloved yeah. person at the mall. Okay. I'd rather be uh, the orange Julius ice cream scooper with the hat. Yeah. Well, and the, the beautifully so. coiffed hair. Um, <laughs> So we got, let's, let's summarize, Ashley, run them down. Okay. So we have friends hanging out, just chilling at the mall. Mall rats is one comment where girls are having fun, but then there's a shootout too. And then I don't know about yours. I don't. <laughs> oh, no, I, I conceded. Okay, cool. Um, so then we have, I do have a question about, about the arcade scene. Cause I was rewatching it. Quit interrupting the reveal. Yeah. Let me finish the results. Huge moment. Okay, fine. Uh, Third place um, finish. Congrats. Always talking. <laughs> and then we have the guitar hero playing Paul Blart and Paul Blart mall cop. Okay. Followed by, um, protecting them all as well, but it's Seth Rogen <laughs> from a pervert. Um, and then we have, Dangerous Chuck pervert. Norris and cars blowing up and crazy things happening with Invasion USA. Yay. What a, what a blast. Well, 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 it was a well, difficult well, rank indeed. to blame. It was, uh, you know, Extreme. hotly contested. <laughs> it's almost time to sign off on new release radio for this week and give our final thoughts on Night of the Comet. But before we do, let's listen to a track that debuted at number 48 on this week's <laughs> Billboard Top 100. Creepy. I tried to find um, a spot in the lyrics that would be like in tone with the movie, but they're all, you know, very uh, not empowering lyrics about wanting um, a man to make you feel shiny and new. Nonetheless, that was like a virgin by Madonna. Now back to our feature presentation. You sound so spooky. <laughs> Fine line. <laughs> Ashley, that voice yeah. is over. How are the reviews? <laughs> uh, the reviews are kind of a mixed bag. So a lot of the critics enjoyed it, but the audience was kind of more like a 50-50. That's which I Which I kind of get. I think the whole scientist, that whole 30 minutes of the movie was kind of a waste. So it kind of made me a little meh on it. And then until the end, I got excited about it. But... This is the section where I do two true reviews by critics and then one false review, but kind of review by me. So two true views and a lie. And then you guys have to pick which one I wrote. Yep. You ready? Okay. There's a sense of fun amidst the sim. Oh, you already know this is not gonna be, sorry. (laughs) I'll start over. There's a sense of fun amidst the semi-sincere peril. Even when a juvenile girlish dress up montage Montage segues into a machine gun shootout with sadistic anarchi- anarchist oh my God. stock boys. Is this I the alliteration awards? 
<laughs> I don't know. That was tough. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad writing. I blame. Uh, Thank you. I was like, oh, this is, hit, this is hitting hard. Okay, on the pad. Okay, so that's one. Two is Kelly Maroney stole the show with her sassy lines and sweet outfits. Great movie overall, but needed more zombies. A lot more zombies. That was Ashley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That feels right. <laughs> and then three is a cheaply made science fiction movie that enters the atmosphere without ever igniting. Ooh, ouch. That better yeah. not be you. That might Harsh. be Ashley. No, mm-hmm. I don't no, know. trying I... to pull a classic ashley screwball move um all of them were hers yeah <laughs> the first one, one day it will be clever clever attempt at yeah. pulling us with your your slurring and stuttering <laughs> <laughs> speech impediment runs in the family yeah <laughs> well the first one hit some high marks from the movie but it was imperceptible the second one i think was a beautiful summation mm-hmm. And totally fair critiques. Yeah. And then the third one was lame and dismissive. Mm, Yeah, rude. Yeah, okay. So yeah, mine was the second one. Good job. You nailed it. Um, Yeah, so that was that. Um, Drew? You can say it yourself. Okay, I have some awards. (laughs) What kind of awards? (laughs) Um, So the film was only nominated for one award and it didn't win. Oh, no. Um, but it was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, Mary Warrenov. So I guess the other girl. Oh, it's no, it's the scientist. Oh, the sci- Oh, interesting. Really Miss White or Audrey yeah, White? Yeah, Audrey White. So yeah, she was we nominated. Didn't... We didn't talk about her that much. Um, well, so they, they not count the, either of the two girls. I mean, they don't count Sam as supporting? Mm-mm. Kelly Maroney? That's interesting. No. Yeah. Um, so the, she was nominated but did not win. And then I have some Ashley Awards. <laughs> Actually, alliteration Ashley awards. Award. Yes, alliteration awards. <clears throat> so I have the Dusty Dirty Danger Award. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I have DDD, DDD, Triple D. Um, and then I have the Comets Coming to Cali, Creating Chaos and Crumbling Carcasses Award. <gasps> Boom. So you can say that one. <laughs> yeah, because I wrote it. <laughs> Those are my awards. That's it. Nice. I like yeah. I like crumpling Cali. Can you hear that last one again? <laughs> yeah, comets coming to Cali, creating chaos and crumbling carcasses. Oh, mm. crumpling carcasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite crumpled carcass was um, they find like the leash for the dog Muffy. Oh, Muffy! Not to be confused with Muffy, and they have a little red sil- red silhouette pile of dust on the on the mm. uh, Muffy sized <laughs> pile. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, on that great note, let's do the segment where we rank the movie on a scale of 1 to 84 on how 80s it was based on music, wardrobe, actors, and of course, 80s tropes. So before we get into the other categories, I think um, this one has some really obvious 80s tropes. Um, Ah. Oh, that was it. Let's hear that again. It was a cat eagle. A kegel. Uh, not great. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's the kegel, sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely a kegel. I've been wondering. It's it's this yeah. Uh, 80s hair. <laughs> Big what? 80s trope. Um, death by sex, which is reversed here because she's saved. Regina is saved by having sex, and so is um, Peck. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But then the other, but the girl he has sex with is not saved. 
No, because she, you know, was being dramatic. Yeah, because yeah, she just ran, Not ran two off women down having the sex can be saved. Yeah. Only one. <laughs> they have a disappeared dad, which happens a lot in the 80s. Their dad is, like, part of a military mission. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking there was going to be a twist. Not that we so needed more plot. comes back with, like, a troop of people or something? Or maybe he's the guy wa- overwatching the scientists. Part of Ooh, the underground yeah. thing. Okay, Same for okay. their... I thought the, the uh, lady, Audrey White, was maybe their mom, but... Mm. Because her mom's not dead. He just left oh, her. They ran, she ran away. Yeah. yeah. So for her science. Um, <laughs> we've got gender blender names, which I thought was a fun one. Sam is Samantha. Regina mm-hmm. is Reggie or Reg or Red, as I wrote down. Um, Regina. Yeah. <laughs> Regina. Um, and then we have the Valley Girl trope. So some pretty um, significant 80s tropes. Ashley, what about the other um, categories? Uh, music, there's a billion songs in this movie. Yep, pop music <laughs> so, from the 80s. A lot of music. Um, actors didn't really know them. Although... Kelly Maroney is big time 80s actress. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, I have no idea. I mean, by big time, like, I just mean that was her payday and she was okay. in a lot of like cult 80s movies. But also Hector. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? Hector <laughs> is uh chakotay from star trek voyager which is the best star trek anyone can find me on it i'm ready you told me you weren't gonna do this he is a good looking guy guy too and dmk the guy who plays that is in christine drew oh nice yeah so he's the main guy yeah he's chuck oh wow i just watched that wow way Um, to go your favorite i would say the actors are on the higher end of of their 80s uh spectrum the wardrobe hello Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Uh, <laughs> so we have a new winner as of last week. Um, or that wasn't last week. Terminator as of a couple weeks ago. 84, a perfect score. 84 out of 84. Um, competing with the Toxic Avenger at 82 and A Nightmare on Elm Street at 81. So we've had two of the top three in the last few weeks. Um, man, this one's got to be high up there too. Yeah, it is. Is it higher than Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street? I mean, Derek's slowly has, like, calculating. The, yeah, Derek has gotten his TI 84 back. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I finally got it back. I thought you were stapling like a lot of paper. Yeah. Oh, no, he's figuring. He's figuring I mean, out I was stapling some I get, I get output. It. Okay, hang on. Just one sec. Okay. It's. Uh-huh. Yep. Wait. Uh, okay. Need to be... I, I, I think. <laughs> Before you reveal the results, and in case there's time to change them, um, <laughs> it's more the B movie tone. It mm-hmm. makes it feel more 80s to me than, say, Nightmare on Elm Street, even though slashers are like a, a key uh, genre of the 80s. Uh, I feel like this campy, like sci fi zombie dystopian movie is all equally key, but the tone was more 80s. And then, so it's like some of the best parts or the reasons I thought Toxic Avenger was so 80s mixed with like the the wardrobe and the fashion and not being like a straight up like 80s satire. We probably should have docked Toxic Avenger points because it's trying to exaggerate everything so much. Mm-hmm. You need to grade it on the scale. Whereas I think this one was dialed up just the right amount. Derek, what are the results? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. So 80s post-apocalyptic film gets mm-hmm. an easy 15. Uh, I'm going to stop just counting. I'm just going to give you the final score after I explain. Okay. Hair, easy 30. 
also. Yep. It gets a 81. Easy. 81. A tie Damn. with Nightmare. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would like to see it at 83, personally, but I know that's pretty high up. That's pretty it's, high. Could we find two extra points somewhere? Yes, we I mean, in the visual effects of the comet. Oh, yeah, there was, gra- there, was, there was a great There was a great Do we actually ever see the comet? We don't, right? That's no. Okay. No, you don't. So that, sure that's an extra point right there, James. Okay, perfect. So you don't yeah. see it, but it happens, and that's how the film <laughs> exists. Very 80s. <laughs> I think there was a 700K um, budget. Some budgetary yeah. limitations. Yeah, you don't even see. I think it's pretty clever how it's done. I mean, it's basically they just cut from them staring up at the sky to them being piles of dust. They don't show any sort of like transition. Uh, how about the use of sunglasses or mm. landlines? That's an extra point, right? Sunglasses Ooh. inside, you yeah. pointed out yeah. a lot. It's a good drink. Well, like 80s Uzis, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Udis, Udis. Udi, Udis. Yeah. Uzis were already uh, given a bad rap in this movie because they kept jamming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Daddy, dissing. Daddy would have yeah. given us MK16. Yeah, that was an improv line. Right. Um, so are we are we knocking it to 83? Knocking it up? I think it's are we ma- than... Are we making it? <laughs> uh, nice. Thanks. We can make it whatever you want. Um, She's your sister. You settle. <laughs> and your wife. Um, <laughs> or your love interest. Let's not jump yeah, again. Let's not jump on a relationship yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, the conventions of... of civilized society might no longer apply it's up to us to define what these our new sc- roles look like anyway our uh, scoring is getting a little wild but yeah this one we're definitely gonna, does jump up the scale yeah we'll figure it out by next week but i think <laughs> at the end of the year we're going to re-rank all of these now that yeah, once we have the idea. full context mm-hmm. of of the year because you have to use the movies you can only go by the what you've seen so far so i think this should be number two on the list but um we can debate that more later. Um, do we recommend this movie just as a straight up, you know, watch for anyone who hasn't seen it or actually would you like to see it remade or any other incarnation of this? I like to see it remade. Yeah. I want it to be, I still like the whole, like their sweet outfits and the mall scene and like all of that part of it, but I want it to be a little bit darker. Mm. And I want more zombies or infected humans. There's like three of them, which I thought was kind of lame for a zombie kind of movie. Right. A bigger um, budget would help for sure. Yeah, a bigger budget <laughs> would definitely help. Um, so, and I like the whole, like, I like the whole setting in LA. And it'd be, I don't know, I really like the movie, but I think they should remake it. Would it I'd, be... still rec- I'd still recommend someone to watch this one. Right. But I would like a remake. Would it be set in modern times with like a throwback sort of aesthetic or would it be a straight up like... 80s period. I still want it to be 80s period. Yeah. Just dark. I think it should be the 90s. I mean, I think they should just Ooh. like, kind of like our podcast, we're going to jump forward into the mid 90s probably. And so it might be fun if they did sort of like clueless with zombies. Oh, I'd like, yeah, down for that. Mm. But yeah, I still want it to be, up. but I want it to be rated R. Oh, okay. Like I want you to want be more fan service moments. Yeah, I want it to be confusing because it's going to be like fun and like bubbly and then like brutal murder. Mm, right. Good. Or like Dawn of the Dead with female leads, mm-hmm. like fun female leads. Yep. Sort of Zombieland-esque, you know, with mm-hmm, replacing just, yeah. Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson with um, badass ladies. Yeah, that's what I want. Okay, well, you shall get 
what you want because yeah. in 2018 they announced that they were remaking this and nothing has happened since so. <laughs> oh maybe they'll hear our podcast <laughs> any day now um lastly we have to find something from the movie to immortalize in the new release wax museum ashley as usual i'm sure you have a brilliant idea i'm thinking <laughs> I like the interactivity of all of our things in the wax museum. So, oh, oh man, this is getting really uh, hard to maintain. But okay. No, Charlie Sheen's got it. What about um, a, a whole blood book? bed to clean up every day? Charlie Sheen. Well, we're so paying good enough. So you can have them in a dust ball pit, and then they go into the blood bath, and then they're just covered in dust and blood. So you only have to clean up like one area. And then they can go through the like human wash uh, cornfield, where yeah, they you just like run through up and down the stalks. And it, it knocks off the dust and, and blood. Yeah, it's, a car, and, it's a car wash or it's a kid wash corn, cornfield. Yeah, kid wash cornfield. <laughs> that sounds yeah. great. And then they can have cornflakes <laughs> like, like Sam does. Yeah, perfect. See? Yeah. Actually, I think she has, what cereal does she have? Raisin Bran. That has flakes. I used to really like Raisin Bran. I love Me Raisins. Me too. Man, our trouble in paradise. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's the differences that bring us together, though. So that's fine. With so Thank Ashley you. wants she to She won't eat my Raisin Bran. That's great. Yeah, exactly. See? Yeah. I think we're losing a little bit of the concept of a wax museum because you want to fill <laughs> it with just a, a room of dust, but okay. Um, we well, have a wax, fountain of blood. Last, wow, Jesus Christ. Wax dust. Oh, it's like yeah, a million yeah. little wax like sized pieces of. Like yeah. braided wax. What about yeah. dipping dots? Oh, yeah, we could we, do. What about wax. red dust dipping dots? So they're red. Oh, nice. We can serve those. Yeah, our the, orange Julius. They'll be comet dots. Done. Wow. Yeah. With okay. We'll have a comet. little. We'll have a food court. Yeah, we haven't we'll, had any food yet, so we should probably feed them. <laughs> we'll make everybody uh, choke down their red dust with a delicious coke. Yeah. Before, um, or after the bloodbath, whatever they want. <laughs> I think that's it for night of the comet. Next week for Thanksgiving week, we have an early holiday treat. before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was staring, not even a mouse. And we the might not be interested. Remember, he only looks like Santa Claus. You've made it through Halloween. Now try and survive Christmas, Silent mm. Night, Deadly Night, Rated R. Dark Friday. He knows what you're near you. Uh. It's weird that two Christmas horror movies come out back to back in November and not Nightmare know, came out or December and Nightmare the week before. Yeah, yeah which isn't Christmas, Halloween. but it's a horror movie that came out after October was over. Yeah, November. Nightmare so, should have come out at least a week or two before Halloween or yeah, yeah Halloween. Mm -hmm. It's been it's this is a fun time of season, regardless of whether it's holiday appropriate or not. This is a controversial movie. People didn't apparently weren't happy with uh, turning Santa into a slashing murderer, but I am. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I'm pumped. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jamie, are you excited for this one? Oh man, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all. You you still believe in the nice Santa though, right? You don't believe in the murderer Santa? Yeah, of course. Well, okay. who do you think puts presents under my Christmas tree every year? <laughs> the nice Jamie, Santa. Yeah. Jamie, you can see Santa forever if you just take this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Give me that guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spiritual sequel. So if you want to hear our discussion next week of Silent Night, Deadly Night, you can subscribe to the podcast by searching new release 1984 
on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts. That's a wrap. Woo! Get it? Yay. A wrap. Got it. Yeah. Presents get wrapped. <laughs> get wrapped.